Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And because this is the season of giving, here's another episode, even on a holiday. So on this episode of Twill, Inkscape is celebrating Thanksgiving and 20 years of the project. The Linux kernel has confirmed which version will be the next LTS. Endeavor OS just released a brand new version. And lock up your wallets because the 2023 Steam Autumn Sale just launched. All of this and so much more on this episode of This Week in Linux, your source for Linux good news. This episode of Twill is sponsored by Linbit. More on them later. Inkscape is celebrating 20 years with the biggest bug fix release that they've ever made. And this is really cool because bug fixes are important to do, but also I just wanted to celebrate Inkscape because first of all, it's a fantastic vector graphics tool and to be doing it for 20 years and becoming such a useful tool along the way is very, very respectable. And I just appreciate it because I use Inkscape all the time. It is a fantastic application. Now let's talk about the latest release of 1.3.1 and what it brings to the table. So there's, they say that 70 bug fixes were included in this, 16 improved user interface translations, and even two small new features. So what exactly does it add? Well, they say that there's more than 30 crash slash freeze fixes, many of which affected PDF import and live path effects. The ability to disable snapping to grid lines. You can now split text into letters. It keeps spacing intact when you do this, which is important. Also, Shape Builder tool now creates an appropriate number of nodes. Layers dialog no longer requires you to double click to enter the layer on the canvas. And there's also been some ex uh, extension bug fixes and many, many more things. This is fantastic news. And I just wanted to say uh, first, happy Thanksgiving to Inkscape and everybody else. And also, uh, happy 20 year anniversary for this awesome project. You can find more information about this topic with links in the show notes. The Linux kernel team have announced that the latest version of the Linux kernel to become an LTS is kernel 6.6. .6. Now, this is interesting because they usually typically have the last kernel of the year become an LTS kernel, but they're not doing that, but seemingly because it's going to be the end of December when 6.7 comes out, as well as the testing slows down during holidays and all that sort of stuff. But also there's reports that says 6.7 was going to be a huge update, so maybe that's a part of it as well. But either way, the kernel 6.6 .6 will be supported until December 2026. This is a three-year support cycle, although there are talks to support the cycle down, going down to two years, and it's still shorter than the previous five to six-year cycles that was happening. But this is related to the conversation we talked about previously on Twill, where they decided to limit the amount of years for the LTS kernel. But it also is important to note this does not affect most users. The, depending on your distro, they're typically doing their own kernel. It's very rare that you have a kernel that's not being touched by your distro. So for example, Ubuntu or Red Hat or SUSE, these kinds of projects have their own kernel version where they make some tweaks, backport some fixes and stuff like that, and they support them for as long as they support their LTS versions themselves. So the two to three years of the LTS kernel doesn't necessarily apply to users because if they have a five-year LTS with Ubuntu or a 10-year, well, five to 10 years, depending on what version of Ubuntu and what if you have the Ubuntu Pro package and that sort of thing, or if you have Red Hat, you get the developer account or you get a full account and you get up to 10 years and those will still be maintained for the users. So it's not really gonna affect a lot of people, but for those that it does affect, I still wanna let you know that the Linux 6.6 .6 is the new LTS. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, you'll find links in the show notes. Endeavor OS Galileo has been released. 
I'm not sure what the version number is. It's not clear on their website, but also maybe they're not even doing version numbers anymore. It's hard to tell. But let's talk about the latest release of Endeavor OS Galileo because there are some pretty big changes to this new version. For those who don't know, let's first talk about what Endeavor OS is. It's an Arch-based distribution that features Calamari's as an installer, and it uses its own tools for managing your system. Now, it's really cool because Endeavor OS is kind of like the successor to Intergos. For those who don't know, Intergos was a project kind of giving you multiple options of multiple DEs with configurations and that sort of stuff. And with the Endeavor OS project, it's a similar situation where you have an Arch-based system that helps you get started with Arch in a nice, cleaner way than using the basic Arch tools. Now, this was more important many years ago than it is now because of the Arch install project that was added to Arch. But I still think Endeavor OS is a fantastic project and a great community. So if you're looking to get started with Arch, this is a good way to do it because you're not getting with a modified version of Arch that's super different. You're getting something that's essentially an easier way to get into Arch, and then you're basically using Arch, which is pretty cool. So if you're interested in that, you'll find links in the show notes. But the latest release of Galileo has changed the default desktop environment from XFCE to KDE Plasma which of course, that makes me happy as a KDE Plasma user. Now, this is due to better support for the Qt-based Calamari's installer, but they did say that XFCE will still be an option in the installer and the XFCE theme is still available in the welcome app. Additionally, they have removed support for some community additions, such as the Sway, Qtile, BSPWM, Openbox, and Worm versions. Now, this is done because the original devs of those particular versions have left, so they were behind in updates. And it just made sense to, if you're not being maintaining it, there's no reason to keep it in the installer. So these additions can still be manually installed though through the GitHub page if you want them. For other improvements, their local host name resolution will be enabled on new installs. There's a stronger Lux2 encryption when chosen system deboot. Uh, remove the ability to install more than one DE during install. Uh, this is more of like compatibility issues. Uh, they also have a restructure of the package selection screen and many, many more things. I think Endeavor OS is a really cool distribution. And if you're interested in getting into Arch, but you don't want to go all in on the Arch way, you can go this way and get a nice, clean setup initially and then experience Arch from there. So if you have to learn more about that, links in the show notes. Mozilla has announced the latest release of Firefox 120. And this comes with new privacy improvements, which is always great to see. And one of those being the new copy link without site tracking option. The other is support for global privacy control, which informs sites to not share or sell data. And also the fingerprint protection has been improved in the Canvas API, which is always cool to see. Now, there's also some improvements to the TLS trust anchors are now imported from the OS root store. The Firefox snap can now import from the Chromium snap and the picture-in-picture -picture mode now supports window snapping on Linux, which is awesome. And there's so much more. Plus, there's also some other cool news related to Firefox that I think are interesting. First of all, Firefox development is finally switching from Mercurial to Git. Mozilla is working on making the Wayland backend default for Firefox, and this is aimed to be ready for Firefox 121, and that's pretty cool. Also, Mozilla is renaming Firefox accounts to Mozilla accounts, and they say because this affects more than just Firefox, so they wanted to make it clear that it's not just for Firefox, which makes sense because this applies to like uh, Firefox Relay and Pocket and Mozilla VPN and et cetera, et cetera. But interestingly, also you can now sign into Mozilla's account or Mozilla Sync with 
Apple or Google accounts, which is okay. So you can have a Mozilla account or use one of those. And also finally, this is very big news. Firefox Android will now have support for add-ons. Now they already kind of had add-ons but in the past, but they kind of took them away as well. And right now there's currently only 18 add-ons that are supported in the Android version. But if testing goes well, they will open Firefox for Android as the uh, ecosystem to everyone in December. And I'm looking forward to that because that means there's a lot more potential of you can do on your phone because there's a few things that I wish I could do on my phone, but I can't. And if these extensions make that possible, I'll be very excited to see that. If you'd like to learn more about any of this news or the latest release of Firefox 120, you'll find links in the show notes. I'm a big fan of Valve. They've done a lot of cool stuff for Linux, especially with the, the gaming on Linux has been just crazy good thanks to Valve. But there's one thing they do that is kind of a problem. Also, it's not a problem, it's fantastic, but it's still kind of a problem. And that is create all of these awesome sales and another one is upon us. The Steam Autumn Sale for 2023 is now live with some awesome crazy deals. So first of all, you're welcome and also I'm sorry for your wallets. So some popular Steam Deck games are on sale, including Witcher 3, Hogwarts Legacy, Dead Cells, Street Fighter 6, Red Dead Redemption 2, Cyberpunk 20, 2077, Diablo 4, uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Also, Diablo 4 is currently available to play for free until, I think, Tuesday uh, as I'm recording this. So if you want to play and test it out before you purchase it, you can do that now. If you watch this after the fact, you can still get it 40% off during the autumn sale, which is pretty cool. And if you don't own a Steam Deck, there are some good native apps that are also on discount, such as Seven Days to Die, Oxygen Not Included, Inscription, Valheim. Now, of course, you can use the games that are made for Steam Deck on any system that's Linux-based for the most part. Not everything is going to have the same compatibility because some of the games do unfortunately target the Steam Deck, which kind of sort of makes not everything work for Linux desktop, but 99% of the time, if a game works in the Steam Deck, it also works in the Linux desktop. So this is a fantastic news for all of these games that we can now play, whether it's a Steam Deck or on your desktop or laptop even. I'm super excited and I'm also kind of scared for my wallet and my bank account. So if you'd like to check this out, you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of Twill is brought to you by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and LinStore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community as well because they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features to their products. Limbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms without vendor lock-in, which is really cool because no matter what your OS is and no matter what kind of hardware you want to use, including off-the-shelf hardware, you're good to go with DRBD and LinStore. And also with DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. Linbit provides really awesome services like DRBD, and DRBD is a really good way to make sure you have good data recovery and backups. And if you ever have like a cluster with multiple nodes and one of those nodes fails, you can have rest assurance that the backup nodes will have the data that you want. So if you're interested in checking out 
any of the software from Linbit, I highly recommend it. So go to linbit.com to check it out. That's L-I-N-B-I-T.com. Caliber 7.0 has been released, and for those who are unfamiliar, Caliber is an ebook manager and ebook reader, and it's really cool. It saves you a lot of time managing your ebooks. Uh, and also for those who are curious, it is called Caliber, and I spent a long time calling it Calibre. Like many people have, I found out, but it is, in fact, Caliber, so there you go. It's, it was a long time before I realized it was Caliber <laughs> and not Calibre. So let's talk about the latest release of Caliber 7.0. They've added the ability to add notes to any author, like tags, a series, etc. cetera. Uh, you can also support, you get support for HTML image maps in the ebook viewer. The content server's homepage now shows the three most recently added books. A new button to open book details has been added for in the content server's controls. Also, there's a new show items in selected books option in the manage tags and author menu. Also, there's new sources for news such as Book Forum, uh, Kirkus Reviews, Poetry Magazine, and there's also been a lot of various improvements everywhere else, including bug fixes and that sort of thing. So if you'd like to check out a really cool open source ebook manager, then check out Caliber 7.0. Link in the show notes. For those of you who have never heard of DistroBox, you are in for a treat because DistroBox 1.6 has been released. DistroBox allows you to create containers of any Linux distribution. You can do almost anything inside of these containers. Not anything, but almost anything. You can install packages from the base distro, run GUI apps through the distro, run testing through a specific environment. And some of the things you can do through DistroBox are pretty awesome. You can even run full desktop environments through it, such as uh, dev builds of GNOME, Plasma, and through Fedora Rawhide, and all sorts of cool stuff. So DistroBox is really cool. Now let's talk about DistroBox 1.6, as this new feature or new version brings in a lot of cool stuff, including the biggest feature is it adds support for LilyPod containers alongside Docker and Podman. It also improves integration with NVIDIA GPUs, particularly for CUDA, which is really cool. I don't have an NVIDIA GPU, but I kind of want one now, thanks to DaVinci Resolve, but that's a whole other topic. But it's really cool. If you do have one, you get some better support in DistroBox. Also, Rootful containers now will properly set up user passwords for sudo. Uh, new container underscore additional underscore volumes configurations have been set up. And uh, exported binaries will be runnable between DistroBoxes and many, many more things. So if you'd like to check out DistroBox, or especially the latest version with 1.6, you will find links in the show notes. Handbrake has released 1.7. For those who don't know, Handbrake is a transcoding tool that can convert videos between basically any format you want to. So this latest version of Handbrake 1.7 includes new features such as added AV1 encoders through AMD VCN and NVIDIA NVENC, support for SVT-AV1 multi-pass ABR mode, support for preserving ambient viewing environment metadata. There's also new QSV rotate and format filters, better performance on ARM, including Apple Silicon, new Apple video uh, toolbox hardware presets, updated creator and social presets, and also they have done a lot of bug fixes and in general improvements and that sort of stuff. So if you are interested in checking out a handbrake or you just want a tool that allows you to easily and quickly change the file format for something, for whatever reason, I have run into this many times over the years and having handbrake there is always nice to just you know fall back on and say, oh, I need to have this 
as not an MOV file, but an MP4, or not an MP4, but an MKV. And Handbrake just takes care of it, which is fantastic. And if you'd like to take care of that yourself, <laughs> I don't even... Links in the show notes. Speaking of NVIDIA from a previous topic, let's also talk about uh, the progress being made in Nuvo, the open source NVIDIA drivers. Now, they're not made by NVIDIA. They're made by an open source team. But Nuvo has been has a really big update, and that is that the NVK Vulkan driver for Mesa is now officially Vulkan 1.0 conformant. It is still much slower than NVIDIA's proprietary driver, which is expected, but there's a lot of progress that's been made, and that is awesome. Also, Vulkan 1.0 and Proton requires Vulkan 1.3. This isn't suitable for modern titles, but it will support uh, many, uh, many games, but not everything. And, but its support is also getting better, and performance is also getting better every day, which is fantastic. So this is an exciting development for open-source NVIDIA drivers, and hopefully NVIDIA will wake up someday and manage them themselves, but or just release open-source drivers in the first place. I mean, who are you competing with now? All the other companies that are GPU are open-source anyway, and whatever. <laughs> uh, that's a long topic. Let's just... Uh, let's, Let's not get into it. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to learn more about this, links in the show notes. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on this show and want to be kept up to date with what's going on in the Linux world, then be sure to subscribe. And of course, remember to like that smash button. If you'd like to support the show and the Tux Digital Network, then consider becoming a patron by going to tuxdigital.com slash membership, where you get a bunch of cool perks like access to patron-only sections of our Discord server and so much more. Also, if you would like to support the show, you can order the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt or the This Week in Linux shirt at tuxdigital.com slash store. Plus, while you're there, check out all the other cool stuff we have like hats, mugs, hoodies, stickers, coasters, and so much more, tuxdigital.com slash store. I'll see you next time for another episode of Your Linux GNU's. And thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tunnell. I hope you're doing swell. Be sure to ring that notification bell. And until next time, I bid you farewell. Also. For those in the U.S. and or anywhere that celebrates Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. And for those that don't, happy twilling. <laughs>